This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 197. You've asked the questions, and we've listened. And today, we're going to answer as many of your questions that we can get to in this special Life School Cafe edition. Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Brother, here we are. It's a new year pending. pending. What's that song that they play? Moments the Odd, Odd, Glod, Glod? Odd Anxine or something? Yeah, something I, like that. I never can spell it. I, when I was a kid, I thought it was old. Yeah. Anxiety or something. I don't know. <laughs> All things I, I use All okay. anxiety. I don't know. That's a that's not a You wanna know how bad I remember one New Year's Eve that, that I was in Colorado at my dad's house and I thought Jesus was coming back at midnight. And so I spent <laughs> Why is hours that? I don't know. I mean, wait, it's a fear. Wait, wait, stop. <laughs> this is an abusive youth pastor. All right. But <laughs> I wrote all my sins like on this I spent hours before Pages. New Year's writing out all my sins, and then I walked on my dad's five-acre property, and I just ripped these up into little tiny pieces in the pitch black because I wanted to confess my sins before Jesus came and got me. Isn't that awful? You put them on the head of a goat and sent them (laughs) off. (laughs) Do you ever stay up till midnight? Yeah, when we were kids, we would go uh, sometimes over to my grandma's so my mom and dad could go out for like their once a year to go out partying. They were totally the amateur partiers. (laughs) Awesome. And, uh, And we would, because we didn't have fireworks, like some neighbors did, sure. But we would bang together pots and pans. It was ridiculous and everything. No, um, I make it to New Year's. I mean, I make it to New Year's Eve. Yeah. I, we used to go out a lot when I was younger. We were all about it, and I and I played in a band for a living. Yep. So New Year's Eve was always a big night out. Yeah, sure. It was a big night to play, and the places were always packed. But it, you know, I, I would say at this time of our lives, we do and we will, and we'll probably go to like a private party kind of thing. Sure. But to go driving out and hit a bunch of bars with all the like amateur partiers who can't drive and shouldn't be out partying that hard and everything, it's like, <laughs> yeah. eh, you should drink at home. You know, yeah, I've something. never done that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll probably just bang some pots and pans together. No, we're, we'll, we're going to party. You know, nice. You got fireworks? <laughs> They're um, legal here. But... In my neighborhood, they, I have some sparklers and stuff. Maybe I should. Oh, there you go. Launch them off. <laughs> They're giant ones. <laughs> anyway, let's get to some questions, man. This okay. is our, I, I guess we're going to try calling it the Life School Cafe. It's like kind of a Q&A kind of edition. I like it. So, so what we did. Grab a cup of coffee and uh, or whatever you want. And we're going to answer the questions. So what we did was we, if you're part of the Life School Podcast group on Facebook, if you're not, go to Facebook, type Life School Podcast in the search bar. We'll approve you. But a couple weeks ago, we said, hey, we're going to do an end of the year going out with like a bang sort of life school cafe version. And we want to answer any questions you might have because we tend to choose the topics for the show. And a lot of people have questions, but we don't always get to them. So we thought a rapid fire. So we're going to answer these pretty quick. Yeah. Some of you are just wanting the deep, deep ooze, but yeah, 
probably not. And in some cases, you might go, that's not what I meant. Well, I'm going to put that back on you. More detail next year, <laughs> next time. And we'll probably do this between yeah, we'll you know, do, now I and then. I think it'll be fun if it takes But uh, we're going to answer them best that we can based on what you wrote. And pretty quickly, and in yep. some cases, we'll give you like, here's another resource. Or here's where you can go to, you know, hear a separate episode or something like that. Cool. And apologies in advance because I am the king I'm the chief of sinners and butchering people's names. You're going to so mur- murdulate some names here. Okay, All right, first question. Dan Masshart said, what have you changed your mind about over the last year or two? Could it be biblical, theological, ministry, or something more trivial, fun? Well, boxers or briefs, I've changed my mind. <laughs> How about you, Heath? It's, <laughs> been a long, briefs, yeah. it's been a long... <laughs> it's been a long two years. ...era of whitey tidy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, that is a wonderful question, actually, Dan. That is great. Um, and what have I changed my mind about? I, you know, I, I, I think I'm a person who actually has changed. And I've talked to a lot of old bucks about their faith. And they're like, oh, yeah, I used to think this when I was first a Christian. And I think this. I don't, nothing, I've racked my brain on this. Here's, here's what came to mind. Okay. Um, I used to think, and probably part of the way I was raised and all, but it was just sort of at a baseline thing. I used to see humans as like, like these bags of water, these bags of, you know, humans sure. that when, we became Christians, then we got a spirit. Like, so we're fleshly beings, and if we lucked out enough to, you know, have Christ, then we get a spirit. Hmm. I really believe now that we are spiritual beings that have been given bodies, hmm. and, 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 but our spirits were kind of like selfish and pretty much dead, and that's why we, God gives us a new spirit, right? Yeah. And that's what it says in scripture. But I, I guess the fundamental change here, Dan, that I'm getting at is I see us as spiritual beings that have been given bodies to cart us around and do things. Yeah. And that's why when people go like, oh, yeah, but we still die, it's like, man, this fleshly thing dies, but we don't die. Yeah, we keep going. Yeah. And now that we have an eternal spirit, Mm-hmm. See how that works. So I've changed my mind about that, and that that changes my whole perspective on like what I think humans are up to. Yeah. We're spiritual beings with a f- physical body that carts us around. So people that go like, "Yeah, I don't really believe in spiritual things," like, "Oh, that's so sad," because you're a spiritual being. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then you have one too. Yeah, I've got one. Go. So trivial um, was. I used to hate mushrooms. I still can't eat raw ones, but <laughs> my wife's talked me into like eating cooked ones and like. Pad Thai and stuff like that. So mushrooms are good now. We were just talking about Beef Wellington. It's full of mushrooms. Yeah, I could eat it. Now. They're cooked though. Yeah. I used to hate it, but uh, theologically, I was raised in uh, and spent most of my adult life in thinking that sal- that the basis of humanity is that we are completely awful humans that have jacked everything up and ruined the entire world. That's where the story starts. Yeah, Genesis three. And I, what I noticed recently over the last couple of years is like I've actually shaved off the book and like the Genesis one is that we are created Imago Dei image bearers that reflect God and every single human that we look into the face of reflects God image bearer. And yep. so uh, when you chop off the bookends of scripture it, and scripture becomes about Jesus just saving crappy people and versus judgment, restoring us. Yeah. Restoring us to the way things were intended to be. Different story. Totally different story. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my my main one over the last couple of years. Yeah. That's big, man. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Dan had a little follow-up question. This one will be quick. He said, I'd love to know also what books or authors have been most formative for your own thinking and theology. Um, I'm, yeah, he says you mentioned a lot of books, but, you know, what else? So uh, real qu- I'm going to give you a few, but real quick, I did a top 20 uh, missional books list. And mm. it's, I, I see everything as missional. So, by the way, it covers a whole lot of stuff. Um, and you can find it by Googling my name and top 20 missional books list. But it's it's CaesarKalinowski.com forward slash top dash 20 dash missional dash books dash list. Okay, <laughs> For those who, <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Just that's Google. So Thanks, much. Google. Um, so let me give you a few, though, because I broke these down into categories under faith 
marriage, parenting, mission and discipleship, character, leadership, career business, history, biographies, a few more, you know. So let me just give you a few off the top of the list. And these are pretty much oldies. So Faith, the the book, The Cure. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. John Lynch. What if God isn't who you think he is and neither are you by Bill Thrall, Bruce McNichol and John Lynch. I think I've probably given out more copies of that book than any other book. It's probably my favorite book, right? Yep. Phenomenal. I just got, by the way, you don't even know this. I just got a 365-day devotional of that stuff, one a day. You don't even know this. So did I. Did you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A, it just released. Yeah, it's, it's pre-ordered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Um, the Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Yep. Oh, phenomenal. And like, if you haven't read it, that needs to be an immediate read. Uh, Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. That's mm. really shaped my understanding of prayer. It's like yeah. prayer without ceasing. Kind of an annual read. I'm about yeah. due. I'm about due to read that again. Good. Uh, you Can Change by Tim Chester. That's where the four G's come out of and yep. all other many good things in there. Um, so there's a few. There's a ton. Go go check out, uh, like I said, just Google my name and top 20 book list and it comes right up. Okay, so and thanks for those listened, questions, Dan. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Life School Podcast episode 109 back when we were noobs in the podcasting world, we gave it. Uh, we did an episode on the process of staying a lifelong learner throughout all of life. Great episode. Check it out. That book list is on there as well. Oh, yeah. Episode 109. Thanks for that. Uh, Brian Zond has been my dude over the last year. I just, I kind of yeah, get with here. these dudes. You're gorging on the Zon. I'm loving Brian's on. But um, yeah, I, I really do like the process of of finding people that uh, I try to read for every book of somebody who I, I trust and know. I try to read one book of somebody that I know I'm going to blatantly disagree with just to kind of push me. Lifelong learner. Lifelong. So here's what Heath does to me. He sends me texts, not daily, pretty close to though. Yeah. And it'll be like some super heavy quote from a book he's reading, but it's so out of context. Like he's like three <laughs> chapters into yeah. an idea and he'll go like this, mind blown. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, lead me along a little bit. And then he'll call me and go like, dude, this is what it's really about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Justin Wester asks, how can we begin to correct damaging language without coming across as rude, insensitive, or arrogant? Okay. And I think from other sort of dialogue on the Facebook group page there, yep. he's talking about like Christian language and words that we use. Yeah. Words that we, keywords that need to be repurposed for the gospel. Yeah. I hope yeah. that's what he's looking for. So let me start right away. There's a lot of Christianese that we use that uh, is not in, in scripture for one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things too, that even if it is, it doesn't have cultural meaning. And so like we, like our Lord Jesus, who who used different words, and then so, again, did Paul uh, to say the same things. We get to do that, right? Mm. So it's not less biblical to not speak like King James, Yeah. <laughs> okay? Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that will never make sense to you not yet believing friends. Now, you go, yeah, but maybe if they went to church more, they would get it. But here's the problem with that. 99.99% of Christians sit in church for a very, very long time, and they hear their faith described, explained to them in a language that's new, and they do get it. They do get to the point where they can speak and understand that language, but they, well, let's let's say at least say they understand it, but when it comes to their ability to speak it in meaningful ways to other people, they kind of intrinsically know, eh, my neighbor's not going to understand what I, I talk about, sure. substitutionary atonement or something, you know. Yep. Super lapsarianism, it's just not going down over there at the gym, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. um, so like, that that keeps our mouth closed. Like I understand what the pastor's talking about, but if I talk this way to anybody else, that's not getting them closer to God. And so we kind of just keep our mouth closed. We talk about that's why we need a gospel fluency, the ability to speak 
and live and enjoy and express and experience the gospel in every area of life. And that's because using a bunch of meaningless language, even if it's technically accurate, doesn't mean a thing, then you're actually not speaking their language. Yeah. So even words like salvation, hmm. what's that mean? Well, as Christians, we've generally twisted it into meaning how you get to heaven and avoid hell. It's, it's a package of sins forgiven, hell avoidance, and get to heaven. But Scripture actually talks about the word salvation in a much more holistic in every area of life. Mm. If you'll walk in my ways and be my disciple, Jesus says in John 8, then you'll come to know the truth. And he's talking about specific areas of your life. If you walk with me, many yeah. steps, many different things, and that truth will set you free. Same roots and words of salvation in that. Salvation, we use it as a kind of a swipe, one swipe fits all kind of get to heaven. Hmm. It's way bigger than that. Yep. Talk about these things, break them down. I mean, that's part of really what Life School Podcast is about is making faith fit into normal life. Yeah. And so you hear us talk about things in very normative language. And so I don't have like, here's the list of things, but like, you know, washed in the blood. Yeah, I'm so on fire right now. Yeah, that kind stuff of like stuff. That. I know. remember it was a challenge in our MC. We actually had like worship. By the way, isn't music? Yeah, exactly. You can you can use music as a part of an expression of your worship, but that's not the worship part of your life. Is when yeah, you exactly. sing tunes. <laughs> no, I mean we used to have a, uh, a thing in our MC where it was like you had free reign to call out people that were using cheese ball words that. Didn't, so like on fire was one that when I first got involved, it was like, stop saying that. What does it mean? Please, yeah. every Christian listening to this who writes songs, never rhyme the word fire with desire in a song ever again. <laughs> yeah. Keith and I will drive to wherever you I'm live. I'm inspired. Um, yeah. The other thing is, so the other part of the question is, though, how do you how do you correct some of this without coming off as rude, insensitive, or arrogant? Uh, well, have a gentle heart. Like here, I'll give you a perfect example, one that we've just been on and hit for, I don't know, decades now. Yeah. Is you can't go to church. Yeah. You are the church. That's an identity issue. It's a huge one. I don't let it slip. Yep. But you can do it kindly. And, and it's also great when your kids come up to tell people, <laughs> you can't go to church. You are the church. The church is a building, yeah. you know, right? And so the church is is, is not a, uh, I mean, the church is people, right? Yep. It's not a building. So um, that's a huge one. We need to correct that. Don't Don't call go to you can't go to church. Yeah, welcome like, to church. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, did you, or even that see you next on week. Thanksgiving, did you go like go to family? Yeah. You, or no. did you go to be with family at a house yeah. or a restaurant or something? You know? Even language like see you next week where you have no intention to actually see people throughout the week. Like just be intentional with your words. Talk normal. Don't say I'll pray for you if you're not. Yeah. Little things like Don't, that. Don't, you know. So I but how to not be rude or insensitive, I, I think for one is uh, a word in season is like apples of gold, mm -hmm. Proverbs say. So um if there's a, if it's the right time and the right people, then it might be received well apples of gold if sure. it's out of season meaning the wrong timing might come off as rude and insensitive so pick your time on that pick your battles but if you're a preacher if you're a pastor i think you get to start to substitute all those words or always infuse them with meaning so when the word says salvation yep. what jesus is speaking about here or what the author of this book is speaking about here is the transformation of what you believe about god mm -hmm. to truth and then living out of that truth and being set free from all your old bondage, yep. that's what he means by the word salvation there. We yeah. might call it like the pressure's off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so you can live free now. So anyway. And language creates culture. We say that all the time on the show, so yep. pick your language yep. carefully. Next one. Carrie Ritchie says, I feel there's a need to mentor people after they get baptized. What's a good starting point for them? Okay, so uh, Carrie, if by mentoring people, you mean discipling them, I'm going to guess. Um, so... And maybe you're a new listener. We talk about this a lot. Discipleship, that process actually starts the moment you meet someone. 
Because discipleship is mm. the process of moving from unbelief to belief about every what's area. true yep. about God in every area. So as as not yet believing, like non-Christian people are hanging out with you, hopefully you're inviting them to walk in the ways with Jesus so they'll come to know the truth about who God is, what Jesus has done for them, and how it affects this area of life, that area of life, this thinking, this part of their worldview, and they get set free. And they start to then go, oh, I want to walk with him and get set free in more and more areas of my life mm-hmm. and be a part of this family. That's that's what we see in Scripture. That's what Jesus did. When he called his disciples to come and walk with them, be with me, come and follow me, they weren't Christians yet. Uh, he started his discipleship the moment he meant them. And so uh, there is a need to disciple people up to and after they get baptized and who knows when a person gets baptized sometimes, right? Yeah. So I don't put the baptism and I don't see it scripturally as some point where something starts or ends. Hmm. But if you mean like when a person says a prayer and then they're maybe baptized in some proximity to that in the next weeks or months or whatever, and then they get discipled, I want to suggest discipleship precedes salvation and continues afterwards. That's good, man. And what's a good starting point The sto- for everybody? The story of God, like a, 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 a narrative arc of the whole thing. And like Heath was talking about a little earlier, don't truncate off the bookends. Don't don't start the story with everyone has fallen short, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And that, you know, that's Genesis 3, the fall. Start with 1 and 2. God, yeah. he's amazing. He's glorious. He creates all this beauty and diversity. And that's good. He's pleased. Yeah. Right. He's pleased. He loves it. He's, he wants to be with these people. Start the story there. So, that's that's a good starting point for people. Start in the beginning, teach them the whole story of God. All right, Brad Bloxham says, "Are missional communities ecclesial gatherings? How do we keep MCs from becoming so outward focused that we fail to disciple those who are already part of our own groups?" Hmm. Do you think he means there like, by what does he mean by ecclesial gatherings? Meaning for the body only? I think so. Yeah. That's what the I would think. Ecclesia, so. The ecclesia, yeah. the ecclesia. Okay, so Brad, if that's what you're meaning, um, well, what do you think, Heath? Let me let you go first in this one. No, I, I mean, I th- I would say that the purpose of the missional community is a is a community of people incarnated, sent on mission to the people that God has called them to, whether it be their neighborhood or their coworkers. So I don't I don't ever see the uh, the country club version of of the ecclesia gathering of, of faith people. I, th- I see it always as an outward-focused gospel. That we're is... definitely a people on the move. Yeah, absolutely. Like Alan Hirsch says this, it's a permanent revolution. We're always out and about yep. and taking the next hill, yeah. yeah. And, and, and your question here, Brad, is a good one. How do we keep a missional community becoming so outward-focused that we fail to disciple those who are already part of our groups? Well, I, I think that belies maybe some false understanding of even what the mission really is. Um, I, in my experience, Brad... Um, Missional communities don't have a problem with outward focus. Mm. They usually are way too self-focused, too inward focused. It's too easy to kind of come and hang out together. And a missional community is not a weekly meeting. It's Mm -hmm. a family on mission. So there's organized and organic aspects to it. You're coming and going. Not everybody's involved in every single thing. And true discipleship actually happens when we're out on mission making disciples. Yep. That's what I was going to say is... It feels like a lot of Bible studies and stuff, for lack of a better word, get very ancestral because it's this closed-off, inward-focused. Some of the best discipleship I've ever seen is those communities that are on mission, that are constantly pushing Yeah, it's when we're together. out yeah. of our comfort zone and out with people we don't know and don't like us and don't think the same as us, and yeah. we're having to do and try things and put ourselves out there, that all of our unbelief and our fear and our preference and our, you know, our unbelief in the gospel and what's true of us in the moment and all that— 
comes to the surface. Yep. And so then the gospel can come to bear and transform us and change us and set us free in those areas. That happens out on mission making disciples. And so I have never had the fear or actually seen the problem where a group was so outward focused on making new disciples that they didn't get disciples because yeah. Jesus was brilliant. The very act of being out and making disciples is, is the exact thing that will mature you as a disciple. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> and if you want some resources on that, episode 122 on how to create a lifestyle of discipleship is a good starting point. And then 123, how to pump up your missional community, uh, is another one as well that'll provide and a lot of resources. And they'll kind of dip into in some of this up-in-out <clears throat> balance. And I don't know if you've heard about that as, as listeners, or Brad in particular, but this idea of up-in-out um, isn't new, but it's... Um, how do you not forget to disciple the saints as well as you go after, you know, the new sheep, you know, or lost yeah. sheep, uh, you trying to keep an up and out balance upward, meaning are we staying connected to who God is, what the gospel is, how the gospel speaks into all of life? Are, are we hearing the father's voice regularly upward relationally inward? Are we living more and more like a family on mission and mm. caring for one another's needs, serving one another, meeting needs, bearing each other's burdens? And then outward is like, okay, are we out and about in culture, redeeming, saving, restoring, finding lost sheep, inviting them back to the family, back to the table? Yeah. We, we want to look like Jesus to maintain an up-in-out balance because all three are super critical. Mm. So, But those episodes, 122 and 123, should help as well. Samuel Schaefer says, uh, wants some advice on the issue of a calling, specifically wrestling with if God is calling you to a people or to a place, or to a mission, or a role, and distinguishing calling from something simply desired. Okay, so I know what you, I know what you're saying is like, how do you know if it's just like I want to do this, and then Versus is the it a calling? Call. Yeah, right. Um, so I'll just tell you from personal experience, and God has changed the direction of my life, career, ministry, location multiple times throughout my marriage and adult life, and. Mm. Um, Throughout that time, though, every time something major was shifting, a couple things were consistent. Okay. I kind of smelled it coming. Yep. And that and I, and I sounds weird, but I, I used to go to Tina once in a while and go like, something's in the air. Yeah. With this. I did this with Kathleen, too, and she's like, I've that. been feeling that. And she like, I know, I, I feel it, too. I smell it, you know? Yep. And, and then generally, that's a good sign that she says, yeah, yeah, me too. And then... When it's one of us will get clear on it, we'll go, I'm hearing the exact same thing. We've mm-hmm. never had a situation where like, whoa, we're supposed to move or God's calling me out of this business and into this ministry or to a different location or a completely different role. I'm not qualified. When sure. God called me to be a pastor, I'd never been to Bible college or right. seminary or any of that. I was like, yeah, right. I was running a very successful business. I was busy. I was traveling a lot. You're going to be a pastor now. Really? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so... That's a big one, okay? Yeah. I usually feel something, there's a sense of something's changing and coming, and my wife senses it too. And then we, when it happens or when it's clarified, we both sense that. Now, I have found I, I usually feel a calling to a people hmm. in a location. Generally, it's, it's that. Okay. You know, like when we moved to Tacoma, it was like I wasn't expecting it. We came out to visit the Vanderstelts. And it was like, and God said, and you're coming here. And we we're like, we love this place. That's, that's our homeless guy. Sure. That's, that's our broken down car to the pile of crap on the corner. And like, we just loved it. <laughs> right. It was like immediately our heart was just for these people hmm. in this location. 
Um, now, I have a good friend who's a very strong national, international missional leader and author. His name's Dave Rhodes. Some mm. of you guys may know him. And he's expressed to me that, as we discussed calling, that he has usually in his life received his calling in a given season um, to who God wants him to serve with and alongside. Mm. So he'll he'll be moving along in ministry and life's good and he's following God's will and he, as best he knows. And then all of a sudden he'll there'll be a situation or a group of people and he's like, you're supposed to serve with them. That's your tribe now. I, there, there's something they need, and there's something they're going to give you, and and so that's how he does. So, additionally, I'd say overall, though, in either situation, um, try to confirm what you think you're hearing and feeling as a calling, yep. or maybe it's new or it's a course correction, whatever, through your wife, through others in community, through trusted brothers and sisters. It always breaks my heart when I hear somebody who's part of a community or part of a church, and out of the blue, you hear, "Well, we're moving." Yeah. Yep. God's what? called us here. He did. He didn't tell any of us that. Yeah, and exactly. nor did you. And that's that's always a little weird. And I don't think you do that in family. Like that's not how family acts. Sure. Like I wouldn't just tell my kids, oh, by the way, you know why the house is full of boxes? Mom and I moved to Florida. We just, we leave tomorrow. Like, what? You know, like <laughs> you don't do that. That's not good family. So um when you start to kind of smell that in the wind, run it past others. Yeah. That's good. How about you? Anything to add to that? I, I would just say I'm a firm I'm a firm believer that the need is the call. And there's a lot of people that see needs passing them by, and they're like, "Yeah, I just didn't feel really called to that." If you see a need, like step up. That's the call. That's a good, simple way to get started. Well, there you go. The need is the call, man. That's that's pretty simple and clean. All right, Kevin Gentry says probably our last one. Okay, we're kind of burning daylight here. Let's do it. Kevin Gentry says, "How do you navigate friendships with believers with whom you're finding your theology and philosophies of discipleship and mission differing more and more yet?" still honoring the friendship and loving them well? Wow. Good question. You know, Kevin knows a guy who knows. I know a guy who's, I yeah. <laughs> I like Kevin. I've talked to him. Um, Kevin's great. Uh, so, Kevin, I, I, how you navigate the friendship with believers that think differently than you is like, well, how do you navigate friendships with not yet believers? Hmm. You love them and you treat them as friends, regardless of what you get from them or how much they agree with you. I have loads of friends that have so different worldviews than me and lifestyles and mm. everything. It's crazy. But they're my friends and, and I'm I'm looking to enrich their lives and, and be there for them and I enjoy them and all that. Now, it does change when these are Christians and you're trying to maybe do ministry together and sure. your theology and, and that's kind of what I'm kind of getting that you're maybe getting at here is theology and philosophy of ministry and discipleship and mission. It's hard to do ministry with people who see it very different than you. Hmm. So if, for instance, if you believe that Jesus' call and command for the church is go and make disciples, yeah, but you're like partnered up with some people who go, it's go and make church services and let's get loads of people in there and get them saved. But Jesus never said get anybody saved. He said, disciple them sure. in all the ways of truth. Teach them to be, you know. Then you've got two very different philosophical understandings of what we're even here for. Yeah, I would say if after discussing that, to to stay friends, you're probably not going to be in ministry together. Yeah, It's just like if Heath and I go, let's go into business together. And he's like, man, I've always wanted to sell cars. I'm like, I'm not selling cars. But I will, I will mow lawns. And he's like, oh, we got to sell cars. Like, no, I'm all about mowing lawns. Yeah. We probably should have two different businesses. Still love you. Great friends. Love you. Let's stay friends. Let's keep having, you know, dinner and beers. But let's not, uh, you know. So I think how you navigate is you bear with one another. You assume you don't know everything. You be very open with what you're certain about. But if you feel convicted, this is what God's calling me and my house to. 
um, then I, I want to say trust God in that and follow God. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we feel, I think people, he feels stuck. They're like, well, I have a very different sort of philosophy of ministry and theology than the church I work at. Yeah. But that that's who pays my salary. I'm like, well, that's a sticky wicket. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I've said to people, um, well, could you dig ditches for an atheist if that was the job that, you know, God had for you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. There's nothing wrong with that. You could it's honest labor or whatever, drive a truck or sure. you know, work at the Home Depot, whatever you want to do in life. Um, when it comes to ministry, though, and you now you're vocationally doing it and being paid for it, it kind of gets harder. Mm. And you're like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be pulling the rope in this direction. I'm trying to pull the rope that way. Yep. And this is talked about in scriptures. A house divided won't stand. Yeah. And I had a point in life where I was on staff and I was pretty high up the food chain yep. at a very large church. And when our hearts started to shift towards discipleship is the mission in community like a family right. and that's the primary organizing structure of the church is going to be missional community life sure it was very different than the very large church that i was on staff at mm-hmm. and i loved and respected them i still do yeah. i mean completely but we had very different philosophies of how to get this mm-hmm. you know going and so part of when we left i said listen i love you too much to stick around and be a fly in the ointment, yeah. and a house divided won't stand, and I'm yeah. not going to pull the rope against you. I love you too much. So I'm going to go off and follow God's calling, and they still are, and we still are, and we've yeah. both seen lots of people come to faith and be discipled and all of that. You know? It seems so. like a lot of people I've known, too, have this like under, like this subconscious way of thinking that says that because it's ministry, it would be like, quote-unquote, unchristian not to do ministry with one another. And it's like, no. Like, if you've got two different passions, like... Paul and Mark. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Be blessed. Go do your own thing. You're actually going to be more successful that way. Still love one another. Don't or do with one the another. things you can agree on, and then bless each other in the rest. I, exactly know, right. You yeah. get to, and and you're going to change over time. <laughs> like that yeah. first question: What have you changed your mind on? You know, like you, you will. <laughs> things will change. Stuff does. All hey, right. this week we normally jump right now into like the big three takeaways, right? Yep. Not happening this week. Well, how do you do that when there wasn't one topic, right? So we're going to flip it, like, for the Life School Cafe edition. We're going to flip it, and we want you on the Facebook group, Life School. So if you're not in it yet, jump in just for this reason. Jump in, face group, look for it, Life School. Just ask, like, can't join, and you'll get accepted right away. And then you leave us your big three takeaways. From this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you're listening to us answer five, six, seven questions there. Yep pouring our hearts out just giving our best and every week monday morning you, i put up like the the link with the podcast and place where you could put comments so just drop them in there what's your yeah, big three right takeaways? under there yep there's the new episode and just put in you know and go ahead and just put in there what are your big three takeaways this yeah. week you know what we mean right yep and give us your big three takeaways and we'll probably reference those in a future episode yeah. so I'm, that's how the wheel will go around all right done. so thanks for this this was a lot of fun Hey, next week we're going to talk about a million little things. So discipleship in the real world is about far less than doing one big thing and much more about doing a million little things. So how does this actually play out? We're going to address that next week, and we hope you join us for that. But we're signing off until next year. Yeah, for a year. No, yeah, until not, next year. Yeah, until next year. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone, have a great uh, New Year's. We'll see you next Happy week. Happy New Year. So glad to be on this journey with this you guys together. Another year of the Life School Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.